Thank you for listening to the Soul City Church podcast. Be sure to follow us on our Facebook and Instagram at Soul City Church. For more information, visit us on our website, soulcitychurch.com. It's good to be with you all. As I said, my name's John, and I wanted to start the, the kind of teaching portion this morning by asking you a really, really important question. And the question is this, what do Taylor Swift, Bob Dylan, and Barney all have in common? I promise this is not like a really bad dad joke that I just made up. This is a very, very serious question. What, what do Taylor Swift, Bob Dylan, and Barney all have in common? Now, they're good. I like that. That's, that's true. That's true. Amen to that. I wouldn't necessarily expect you to know the answer that I'm fishing for here. So I'll tell you what all three of those have in common. All three of them were in my top five artists in my Spotify rap last year. <laughs> there they are. I'll tell you, having a one-year-old daughter really kills the vibes sometimes. <laughs> really does. Uh, but are, are you all familiar with the phenomenon that is Spotify wrapped? Yes, you all received maybe your Spotify wrapped last year. If you don't know, every December, Spotify sends out kind of your yearly listening stats. And it has become basically a national holiday in, in our culture. And you always know what day it falls on because everyone and their mother reshares their stats on rap day. It, it is right up there with $35 AI self-portraits in terms of people sharing them on their social media. Uh, but I personally really enjoy Spotify wrapped. I look forward to rap day because I, I'm, a, I'm a creative person by trade, but I also really love data. I, I really get into numbers. And so I love how clear my Spotify wrapped is. I love seeing what my top five artists and what my top five albums were. I love for some reason knowing that last year I listened to over 42,000 minutes of music. Uh, I, I don't love the fact that my most played song in 2022 was Barney theme song, <laughs> clocking in at a grand total of 50 times. Once again, shout out, shout out to my daughter. Uh, but but I, I just love, I don't know, I love that I get this visual representation of my relationship, my engagement with music over the course of the year. And, and it makes me wonder why more platforms don't do this. Like why more platforms don't give you kind of a wrapped experience. Like, like imagine what your Netflix wrapped would look like from last year. Or, or like if, if your Instagram or TikTok wrapped, like what that might feature. Or for those of you on the dating scene, like imagine if at the end of the year you got a hinge wrapped. <laughs> Maybe that's a bad idea. But, um, <laughs> or, or even take it off social media. Like if your bank sent you Chase wrapped at the end of the year. Again, maybe a bad idea for some of us. Your, your place of employment, your work wrapped, or, or even, even in your spiritual life. Like, I think it's interesting to think about what, what would your prayer wrapped from, from last year look like? Or maybe your, your church engagement wrapped from 2022, your church attendance wrapped. Or, and, and this will kind of lead us to where we're going to spend the majority of our time today. I, I'm curious what would your Bible wrapped look like? <laughs> like well, if we were to create a wrapped experience, just in all honesty, if we were to create kind of a wrapped experience for your current relationship to the Bible, what, what type of engagement would it show that you currently have with this text? What sort of habits or tendencies or patterns or lack thereof might it reveal? Like, like would your Bible wrapped include words like confident? hopeful, truth, comfort, 
Or maybe uh, your wrapped would include words like confused, distracted, frustrated, complicated. I know we have some folks in this room today who would actually fit into that former category. You, you hear me talk about the Bible and your spirit just lifts because you actually are fully confident and you love your relationship to this text. And if that's where you are today, hear me. I'm genuinely glad that is, that is the case for you. I really am. And I also know from being a pastor in this community for several years, from talking with many of you about this on a personal level, And I also know from my own struggle with this text that for many of us here, our relationship to the Bible is more in the realm of complicated than it is confident most of the time. I think a lot of us, if we were totally honest, more often than we find ourselves inspired by the Bible, perhaps we find ourselves maybe a little intimidated by the Bible. And what I want to wrestle with today is how do we change that? Because I don't know if you realize the Bible is probably not going anywhere. Like, at least in terms of Christianity. Like, the Bible is probably going to remain a foundational piece of Christianity. The Bible will likely always be one of the main avenues through which people encounter the power and the presence of God in their daily lives. But how do you and I actually experience it in that way? How can we begin to change our relationship with the Bible from one of intimidation or frustration or complication to one of true and lasting transformation? And that's kind of the direction that I want to begin to maybe move us in today. And we're going to begin to move in that direction by doing a little reading and a little studying from, surprise, surprise, the Bible. So if you would reach under the seat in front of you, reach under your armrest, grab a Bible, and you can turn it to Psalm 1. Psalm 1, that is on page 431 in the Soul City Bible. If you are worshiping with us online, we're so glad you're here. Grab your own Bible, open up a tab, Psalm 1. Uh, something that is a common misconception about the Bible. For those who don't know, the Bible um, is not actually a single book. But, but the Bible is actually a collection of books. You can think of the Bible really more like a library of books. And this library of books all tell different diverse stories, but, but all of them share uh, similar themes and, and ideas and, and concepts. And the specific book that we're going to look at today is the book of Psalms. And if you're not familiar, Psalm is just another word for song or, or poem. Essentially, the book of Psalms, it is a a book of song lyrics or poetry. Do you you remember back when we used to buy CDs? And and inside, when you'd open the CD, you could pull out the cover and you could flip through and it would have all the lyrics in it. That's all Psalms is. It's like God's album and it's all the lyrics in there. And, And all of these poems, all of these songs, they're all about God, humans, and the relationship between the two. And so today, what we're going to do is we're going to look at the very first psalm. We're going to read and study Psalm 1 together. So Psalm 1 goes like this. It says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose, what's the next word? Delight is in the law of the Lord, and who what? Meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. 
They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Now, if you know me at all, or if you have ever heard me teach here before, you know that I am a self-appointed, card-carrying Bible nerd. Like, as complicated and as inconsistent as my relationship with the Bible is sometimes, I do genuinely love and nerd out on this stuff. And so if you know that about me, you might assume that when I get a chance to teach a sermon that is all about the Bible, that I would just go ham on you all. Like, I'm going to teach for three hours. We're going to be here well through your lunch. I'm going to seize this opportunity to give you all the answers to help you understand all of the scriptures for all time. And I want to tell you today that I am definitely not going to do that. I'm not going to do that, number one, because I'm not capable of doing that. I don't have all of the answers when it comes to the Bible, and I don't have enough time to give them to you even if I did. But really the main reason that we're not going to do that today is I don't actually think that would be the best use of our time. Like I don't actually think that would be what is most helpful for you and I. And so rather than try and give you a bunch of answers about the Bible today, rather than kind of open up a fire hose of information about the Bible, today all I want to do is simply share a way for us to approach the Bible. I want to offer you a way of seeing the Bible holistically, a way for us to engage in the Bible that I think you will find will be transformative to your relationship to it and its relationship to your life. And that way of engaging is actually found right here in the words of Psalm 1. Psalm 1, where the author starts out by saying, blessed is the one. What the author is saying is here is what a blessed life looks like. Here's what a rich, faithful, transforming life with God looks like. It's not the one who walks in step with the wicked or stands in the way that sinners take or sits in the company of mockers, but blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who what? The one who meditates on his law day and night. I think part of what the author is getting at here is that transformation through the Bible does not come by merely reading the Bible once and then moving on. Transformation through the Bible, it doesn't come when we only read the parts of the Bible that make sense to us. A transforming relationship with the Bible doesn't even happen once you understand it all and you get all of the answers, if that were even possible. But according to the author, a transforming relationship to the Bible, a proper relationship to the Bible, is one where we meditate on it. Day and night. And for all of the mindfulness apps that you can find out there, meditation is actually pretty foreign to many of us in our culture. Because in our fast-paced, content-consuming world, to meditate is the exact opposite of what many of us experience 99% of the time. Because to meditate means to go slow. To meditate means to sit with. It means to breathe in. It means to reflect on. It means to turn something over in your head and return to it time and time and time and time again. I think what the psalmist is getting at here is that the Bible, 
unlike 99% of the other things we encounter in a day, the Bible is not content to be consumed. Like the Bible is not designed for us to go here, get our information, and then we're out. But the Bible is designed for us to meditate on it. The Bible is a reality that is meant to be meditated on and lived out and returned to and meditated on and lived out and returned to. And to help us maybe understand this a little bit more, I actually want to give you a bit of a, a, bit of a different way of looking at it here. So, for, for many of us, our current relationship with the Bible is one that I will refer to as dipping. Meaning, we, every now and then, we dip into the Bible. Like, you come to church on a Sunday, and a pastor like myself teaches from the Bible for a few minutes, dip, Right? Uh, You get your verse of the day notification on your phone and you read it while you're walking between meetings. There's another dip. Maybe you have a really hard week and you just need some kind of encouragement, some kind of hope. And so you desperately kind of open up, you do the Bible roulette where you're like, give me something God, give me something God. Uh, And you just, there it is. There's another dip. I think for most of us, myself included at times, our relationship to the Bible, it's one of just kind of dipping in. We dip in when we need it. We dip in when we have a question. We we dip in when it kind of just naturally pops up in our lives. But as you can see, when all we do is dip, not a whole lot changes. Like, our lives look pretty much the same. There's no real, meaningful, lasting transformation when all we do is dip. And that's not because there's anything necessarily wrong with us or wrong with dipping. It's just because that is not what the Bible is designed for. The Bible is not designed for us to just dip in, get our information and dip out. But the Bible is actually written. It was originally designed for us to dwell in it. For us to sit with it. The Bible is designed for us to steep in it. And you'll notice not a whole lot might change right away. But as you, as the psalmist says, as you meditate on it, as you sit with it a little longer, as you saturate yourself with the words and the truths and the ideas and the promises of Scripture, when you start to engage with the Bible like you engage with your favorite song, like you listen to it over and over and over again until its rhythm kind of gets in your bones, its words and ideas get stuck in your head. When you return to the Bible time and time and time and time and time and time and time again over the course of a lifetime, that is when things start to change. That is when we start to see transformation in our lives. You see, I think there's actually a larger truth about our lives with God caught in this illustration here. And that is that our lives with God are not designed for dipping, they're designed for dwelling. We grow deeper with God by dwelling with God. Our lives with God, and this is especially true for our engagement with the scriptures, they are not designed for us to just dip in and then dip out. Dip in and then go live the rest of our lives. But you and I were made to dwell with God. In prayer, in scripture, In every single meeting, we are made to sit with and be with and meditate on who God is. And one of the main places that we can do that is in the scriptures. And so the kind of challenge that I want to offer you today is pretty simple. 
What shift do you need to make in your life to move from merely dipping to dwelling? Like, how can you go from dipping into God or to the Bible every now and then to truly dwelling with God in your life? Specifically in your relationship to the scriptures. And and for me, this is a shift that I have had to make many times over the course of my life with God. Specifically, I had to make another shift like this recently because last year for me, 2022, if I'm honest, it was perhaps one of the most distracted and inconsistent years that I have had in my relationship with the Bible in a long time, even for a Bible nerd who loves this stuff. Because uh, you see, I am, uh, I'm a morning person uh, by trade and by training, uh, also by nature. I love the morning. I, I always have. And so for 15 years of following Jesus, the morning was my main time to connect with God. I would wake up early before everyone else. I would sit with God. I would dwell with God in the scriptures. For 15 years, this is how I did it. And then, in this last year and a half, I had a daughter who is also apparently a morning person. (laughs) And so, most of last year, I found myself getting so frustrated because that time that once was so consistent for me to dwell with God was constantly getting interrupted. And I was like, oh, my daughter is ruining my relationship with Jesus. She's not, she's not, not at all. <laughs> but what, would ha- what happened to me was I grew so frustrated that over the course of last year, I went from at the beginning of the year consistently dwelling with God in the scriptures to if I'm completely honest, and I'm not proud to admit this, by the time I got to December of last year, the only time I really dipped into the Bible is when I had a sermon to write. That was the case for me for a little while. And so I knew Going into this new year, I needed to make a change with how I engage with the Bible. I needed to make a change if I truly wanted God to change me. And so now, my dwelling with God in the scriptures looks different in this season than it ever, ever, ever has before in that now, I do it at night. That's it. (laughs) I just do it at night now. Like, the last thing you will find me doing before I go to bed in our house is I sit at our kitchen counter And I dwell with God in the scriptures for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes. Sometimes it's shorter, sometimes it's longer. That is a really, really small shift, just morning to evening. It has not been easy. I don't love it every time. It doesn't totally feel natural for me yet. But I know if I want to be transformed by God through the scriptures, then I have to engage in the scriptures in the way they're meant to be engaged in. Which, as we just learned, is for us to dwell in them rather than dip in and dip out when it might be convenient. And so again, I just simply ask you, that's my shift. What do you need to change to move from dipping to dwelling? Maybe you're like me and you used to have that consistent practice, but now you're in a new season and you are discovering that the way or the place or the time that used to work for you no longer does. And you're finding yourself frustrated You're feeling really down on yourself. You're wondering why things don't feel the same between you and God. Very simply, maybe you just need a new practice to meet with your new reality. It's a small shift you can make today. Others, others of you in here, if you're totally honest, the only time you really, really engage with the Bible is right now. When you come to church 
and I or Jarrett or, or someone, whoever's teaching, walks you through a passage for a little bit. And I want to be really clear. I am not standing up here and shaming you for that. There is nothing, that is a good thing. It's an incredible practice you're in. But I also can say with all humility, if you are relying on me to give you a deep relationship with God through the scriptures, you will be disappointed. I'm not a good enough pastor to do that. And that's actually not how it's designed anyway. And I wonder how much more of God you might experience in your life if you just started a little practice, carving out some time when it works for you in your day to not just dip, but to truly dwell with God in the scriptures. And I understand, listen, I understand some of you, some of us have never actually done that before. Some of us have never tried to engage with this book on our own because we've been intimidated or maybe you, you did try it at some point and you had no idea what in the world you were reading and so you said, I'll just leave it to the professionals. And so knowing that studying and reading and contemplating the Bible can be a little scary to do on our own, what, what our team has done, we've put together a little experience this week that we're calling the Daily Dwell. And all this is, is this is, this is something we're gonna be sharing each day this week on our social. And all it is, it's a really short, clear guided experience to help walk you through what it could look like for you to engage in the scriptures. If you have never read the Bible on your own before, this is a great place to start. You can follow us on our social this week. We're going to share this daily dwell experience. It's going to walk you through really simply, really practically how to dwell with God in the scriptures because we want you to grow deeper with God by dwelling with God. And, and here's the thing. This is kind of the last thing maybe I'll share. If the Bible really is all that it says it is, just pretend for a second. If the Bible really is the word of God, God-inspired wisdom and truth, if the Bible really is this incredible tool for transformation, then what we're talking about here is imagine how much your life could change simply by changing the way you read the Bible. Like imagine how your internal world might change as your thoughts day to day are no longer the voices around you, no longer the voices that scroll on your phone, but your internal monologue is actually the hope and the wisdom and the encouragement and the light of scripture. Imagine how your relationships might change. As you allow God's vision for dating or God's vision for marriage or God's vision for, for parenting or family relationships or God's vision for your work, as you allow God's vision in the scriptures to inform the way you engage in your life, imagine how your life might change. Because the thing about God's word is that the more and more we dwell in God's word, the more and more God's word dwells in us. And the more and more God's word dwells in us, the more and more it pours out of us. And the more and more it pours out of us, the more and more it begins to dwell in others. And then we see the goodness of God begin to spread all because we made a decision to just simply dwell with God in the scriptures. Open up and say, God, what do you want to say to me? And so this week, make sure you are following us on social so you can engage in the daily dwell. Start or restart your own practice this week. And then the very kind of last thing that I want to do is for us to just dwell in that first half of Psalm 1 one more time, just as an encouragement, as we imagine what could your life look like? 
when you truly get this transforming life with God the way God designed it. And so if you're in this room, uh, would you stand if you're able? And again, I'm just going to read that very first section of Psalm 1 over us one more time. If you want to open maybe your palms in a posture of receiving this, saying, God, I'm open. I'm here to dwell with you through these words in this short time. I want you to hear this as a blessing from God's word spoken over you. It says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. And God, I just pray that that would be true of the people of Soul City Church, that we would be a people who meditate on your word, who delight in your word, even when we don't totally understand it even when it gets frustrating for us. And God, I'm sensitive to the fact that there are folks in this room for who the Bible has not felt like a gift, but rather the Bible has been used as maybe a weapon against them in some way. We grieve that, God. And we ask that through our dwelling, through our meditation on your word, that all of us would rediscover or maybe even discover the first time the gift that the scriptures are and that they can be. And God, as we dwell more and more in your word, would your word dwell more and more in the people of Soul City Church and would it pour out of the people of Soul City Church in a transforming way for our families, for our friend circles, for our workplaces, for our city, and for our world. We love you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.